What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 14 of the Wicked Creative Collective podcast. Today, we have my friend Blake Bins on the line, and Blake is the owner of Good Advice Consulting. He also has, or coaching, I'm sorry, and he also has the Good Advice podcast. And I do have to say, wait till you hear this man's voice because he has the voice for podcasting. It's really? like cream cheese on your bagel. Blake, wow. take maybe it away. See, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like now I need to like have like a deeper voice. Like, <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. But um, yeah, there's a reason that I do a podcast and not a YouTube channel because I definitely right. have the voice, but I don't really have much else. So yeah. it's going for it's me for in radio. this way. Yeah, just for radio. So yep. thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And so everybody listening, I wanted to preface this with the fact that I was actually on an episode of Blake's podcast last week. And so I really just wanted to kind of get him on and maybe expand upon some of the stuff that we touched on, um, you know, during our, our time together. And I thought it would be fun. So Blake, one of the things that you and I really talked about a lot was kind of just like entrepreneurship in general. And so you, as, as a coach, you work a lot with people who are building businesses. So can you first tell everybody that's listening kind of a little bit of what you do and who you work with? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to, so I used to work as an executive coach for a firm in our area that served mostly Walmart, Tyson, um, other fortunes. I live in an area called Northwest Arkansas, which everyone's kind of like, wait, there's something actually in Arkansas. And I'm like, yes, it's like, in fact, our hospital here just furloughed like a hundred or 300 people. Someone was like, some, which, yeah, I mean, this Corona stuff is just nuts. But someone was like, oh, man, those rural hospitals are really hit hard. And I was like, no, no, we're not a rural hospital. We're like, so I, I feel like I'm always having to legitimize our area. But all that to say, now that I'm obviously insecure about how people refer to North, Northwest Arkansas. So we, I used to be an executive coach. And really, as we were working with people on like leadership and management, I kind of realized, man, there's this other part of the conversation on like, how do you actually run a successful business? And some of our smaller clients were really struggling with this conversation. And about two years ago, I broke off and I started my own business called Good Advice. And literally what I do is I try to give people good advice on how they can grow their business. And so I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs, work with a lot of startup founders, uh, we're talking a lot about how do you get those first customers and how do you turn those customers you already have into what I call raving fans. And it's, it's, the, it's the true fan concept. It's the whole, you know, if you can find people who love your brand, they're infinitely more profitable than, you know, having to go out and get more and more customers. Uh, Joe's raising his hand like he's going to say something. So I'll that up. I know this is good when you actually have it on uh, video. Do you know <laughs> David Merman Scott at all? Uh, no, the no. Well, he's, wrote, he's wrote a book. We just did a podcast with him not too long ago about uh, fanocracy, kind of what you just said, raving fans. So, all, you know, you could be selling car insurance, or you could be selling, you know, remote control cars, but you could still make a fandom on, on anything business related. So I know, yeah. but you check him out. He's really, uh, he's really in the same wavelength as you. So that's well, it's, one it's of funny. my I mean, Jedi masters. A lot of these concepts aren't, it's not a challenging concept. Like right, we all right. get the concept. And yet I started noticing in people's businesses, they were making decisions that were, they weren't in line with some of these basic concepts. It's like, I was talking to one guy who he, he had, he was selling uh, basically protein powder 
and someone bought like $300 worth of protein powder and then they asked for extra scoops. You know, those like the like really obnoxious right, right. plastic scoops that get lost and you're like, you can't freaking find them anywhere. Right, well, he said, right. hey, could you throw in a, a, you know, a few extra scoops for me? Well, I'm talking to this owner and he's like, I think this guy's trying, trying to take advantage of me. What? I, think, <laughs> I think I'm going to charge him 12 bucks. Oh. Actually, he had charged him like 12 bucks and then the customer was pissed off at him. Of course. And he's like, he was like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is this guy pissed off? It's like, he's acting like I owe him something. And I'm oh, like, man. I know. I'm like, dude, how much does this cost you? And he's like, it cost me like eight cents a scoop. Oh, I'm like, dude, wrong. come on. Like price gouging. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, he has a future. Does he have any hand sanitizer anywhere? Yeah. Oh God, there you go. <laughs> I beat you to it, man. But uh, all that to say, you know, that's kind of an extreme example, but I just started realizing, man, there's these, it, you know, and, and Ashley, you and I talked about this a little bit too, like the whole mom test, you know, people who are like, oh, customers love what I sell yet no one's buying from me. And when we talk about people loving what we sell, really what we're talking about is your mom told you it's a great idea, but uh -huh. no one's really interested in it. And so I, I just try to help people walk through some really basic concepts to actually start making money in their business. Yeah, no, and that's really, really powerful. One of the things I wanted to kind of unpack with you here that I think we touched on a little bit in our conversation. So a lot of folks that are listening to this, um, they may either be kind of in their first year of business or they may be like really starting to circle around the idea of like, maybe I should finally jump on that side hustle and do, you know, do the thing. So what are some kind of common pitfalls that you're seeing people get really stuck in early on in their businesses that we can help others to kind of avoid or at least recognize when they might be coming. Yeah, I'd say like one of the most common things is spending time on things that don't matter. It's like I talked to someone who's been they've been in business for like a year. They're doing like 60 hour weeks and very little of that time is actually with a prospective customer. It's like I remember there's one person who they were spending like 10 hours a week working on the website. And I was like, dude, at a certain point, you just want to either pay someone to do it, it or yeah. it's got to just be good enough. I mean, my website was a train wreck for several months, but I was also, I was out meeting people. I was out, out talking to people. And, and, and frankly, that's kind of the second pitfall is the reason we don't always get in front of a customer is because we just aren't, we, we don't want to be rejected. You know, we don't want to be told that the idea is stupid, that it's a bad idea, that it's never going to work. You know, because as an entrepreneur, you're really putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. But but the the joy of actually doing that and getting that kind of feedback is it's it's rare that whatever you create for your side hustle is what the business actually is going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it running a business is something that's going to evolve over time. And so you're to actually get to that point of running something sustainable and successful, you have to go through the fine-tuning process, which means you have to be willing to take some rejection. Yeah. yeah, I remember whenever I first started my business, I really wanted to get active on social media. And literally one of the, it was like either the first post or one of the first posts I made, I put it out on Facebook. And uh, which is my time to say, by the way, LinkedIn's a lot better. Um, but anyway, yes, it is. <laughs> I put it out on Facebook. This guy that I didn't even know, we weren't even friends on Facebook. He literally commented and said, delete this, save the hundreds, maybe thousands, which he was giving me a lot of credit there. The thousands. Yeah, especially for your, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> who are going to read this, save them the bad advice that you are giving them that's going to ruin their business. And I remember reading that thinking, first of all, ow. And I, I almost deleted the post and I was like, no, I need to keep it up. And, and it was kind of through that that I kind of realized, man, I'm just going to have to keep revising this thing until it sticks with someone, until it sticks with someone who's actually going to pay me money. 
uh, we don't always have the patience or really the appetite to do something like that. Well, and that's the thing that you're kind of hitting on too. So as a copywriter, you know, I'm zeroing in on certain things that you're saying. And what, and what, I, what you're really talking about here is not necessarily revising the business, but sometimes it's a matter of just refining your offer. So right. you might have a business model that like financially can be very sound. Like, and when I say business model, I mean like, how are you making money, right? Like, how are you making money? What are your profit margins like? You know, what does your sales cycle look like? Like that's your business model. But then it comes down to your offer, which really right, right. boils down to how are you presenting your business who are you presenting it to? You know, how are you really framing that value for people? So you could have the right product and the right, the right business model and be completely off topic when it comes to the offer. You could be making the wrong offer or you could be making the right offer to the wrong person. And that's really where that like refining process kind of comes into play. Do you see that a lot? Like that kind of mismatching between like offer and, and market or maybe even an entrepreneur coming out of the gate thinking that their market is one set of people when it's really these people over here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I can't even think of one time that someone comes out and they've already nailed it from the get go, mm -hmm. you know, cause we, we think we know, nope. you know, Oh, I think I know my customer and you know what you think. And again, you know what your mom thinks, your best friend or whoever thinks, but it's, it kind of reminds me, even as a coach, I had a guy one time who he was selling a product to, it was middle-aged women, empty nesters. And he Ooh. said, is this a good product idea? And I said, what the heck does it matter what I think? Mm -hmm. I'm not right. an empty nester, middle-aged woman. Like, get out mm -hmm. there and talk to that person. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of times it is the offer. But, but then again, on the other side, sometimes for people, the business model in their mind makes sense. But getting an outside perspective, it doesn't make sense. Like, I had a guy who basically his startup, the way that he thought he was competitive was he paid his employees the same day that they worked. And so in his mind, he was like, we can acquire so much more talent because we're paying people ASAP. Well, the problem there is that in what business do your customers pay you the same day? Usually yeah, it's net yeah. 30 or net, maybe even net 45. Right. It's, a larger business. Issues, right? it's going to be even larger. And so I'm explaining, Hey, this is never going to work. And he's like, no, no, I think we're going to, I think we're going to do this. Well, I run into this guy like eight months later and he's like, Oh yeah, that whole thing tanked. Didn't work. But again, when you're in it, it's like these blind spots that, you know, if someone else disagrees with you, it's like, oh, you're just running on my parade. You don't get it. You don't understand when yeah. really it's just not, it's not going to work. Well, I was uh, doing some consulting over the summer and probably last year and a half before I got uh, my current job. And I had a client where, you know, she had a post that went viral, right? Million, hit a million hits, had a million views, had thousands of comments, shares, and all this stuff. And she was upset because... She didn't sell anything. And I'm like, do you understand how much exposure you just got? Do you understand that you just broke through all that white noise that people have found you? Maybe they didn't buy anything today, but they probably will think about you in the future and possibly buy something then. And she couldn't wrap her head around it that she didn't sell any designs to, to press on a t-shirt that are about a dollar each, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But she's more concerned that we didn't, nothing came of that. I go, the return was invaluable on that. You, yeah. Yeah. you get so much exposure, but, but a lot of, I see a lot of uh, business owners are just so, it's all about dollars and cents and nothing else. Well, well and the thing is too, is her, her lack of understanding about the fact that all she, with that viral video, what you actually did was you just sold real estate for your next post. Like, right. because the next time Audience. you put something on the next day and you just had a post that went viral, guess how many more impressions or many more views you're going to get just on that single post. And then think about that as like a compounding effect, right? If you can remain consistent in your messaging and your marketing and you're posting every single day, 
you're getting those eyeballs and those eyeballs are sticking around. And like you said, those eyeballs are turning into raving fans at some point. Especially on Facebook where you, there's no organic reach. Yeah. You just got all this organic reach for free. Like if you put an ad behind that, if you put money behind that, you're probably paying hundreds of dollars, at least hundreds of dollars on, on, uh, on, on Facebook. I just, I and it, it feels like, you know, it, it seems like a lot of people, it, it's hard to have that long-term thinking, you know, a, a lot of entrepreneurs right. don't have the appetite to think long-term and, and I get it. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people, sometimes they, they don't, they don't have the support structure they need at home. You know, the spouses, you know, after a few months go by the spouse who also doesn't get it, it's kind of like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. where? where's the money? Like what's, what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And, and to have that long-term patience of, you know, I just acquired a bunch of interested people who maybe they're not going to buy from me today, but they will six months from now to be able to nurture that, you know, it takes yes. a lot of patience. And then the other piece of it too is, you know, sometimes we go viral for all the wrong reasons and it's right. not necessarily because we posted something trashy, but it's like, if you're posting funny cat memes and you sell, I don't know, financial planning, mm-hmm. you know, people aren't going to buy from you because they know you as the funny cat meme person. And yeah, you went viral, <laughs> but, but who's going to even think about, you? you know, you have to think about what do people know you as? And I, I think that's a challenge too, because we do want to get clicks. We do want to get views. Um, and so it's, it's tough sometimes to create compelling content that's actually related to what we do for a living. Right. And I think, you know, sometimes that mistake ends up happening, not because people want to create bad content, but I think sometimes people don't put the thought work into like how they want to show up and who they want to be and what they want to say before they start pumping content out. And so then it just becomes this like, ah, I got to put something up today. All right, let me grab this cat meme because at least then someone will see my face on the feed and you know, it, it's like that thought work, even though that's like the really boring part of like, of this work, like it's, it's really not that fun to sit around and think about like, how do I want to show up online? And how am I gonna, you know, how am I gonna put myself out there? But it's the important work that needs to happen. It's like, it's like painting, Joe, for example, where it's like the boring <laughs> the part about painting. <laughs> yeah, we know you don't paint. It's very no. obvious that you never finish anything. <laughs> I paint social media masterpieces. Just so everybody that's listening, there's this running joke going on with us right now of the background behind Joe is an unpainted door with painter's tape around it. And so I'm giving him a hard time about that. But I should have put the Star Wars backdrop. I knew I should have. Yes, I, you I should have. have. The, no, analogy, right the analogy here really is, though, that like the there's a lot of times where you see a hack job when somebody paints something because they didn't want to sit down. They didn't want to sit down and do all the taping. They didn't want to do the prep work beforehand. And it, you know, my point is to circle back around is like, there is an incredible amount of just thought work that needs to happen before you start hitting the ground with some of these ideas. But to your point about just like being the cat meme guy, like that's what happened with a lot of people with on the uh, land grab on LinkedIn. Everybody wanted just to get eyeballs and didn't care what they put up there and all that. So I think that's actually, dying out a little bit i think i could be wrong but i think it's dying out finally a little bit uh but again it is you have to get eyeballs for the right reasons you have to bring people it's like when you're getting ranked by google they they, you know they take points away from you if you bring them to a a landing page that has nothing to do with what you're talking about Mm -hmm. you know what i mean well and and again and i don't want to because I've, I, if you look at like my social media posting from like the first like four or five months of my business, it was all this motivational crap. Only because yep. I, I didn't know what else to post. Yep. You know, that, I think that's what people. It's like, what do I? Okay, I'm on social media. What do I do? And and so I, I I'm trying to be careful not to knock people who are doing that because you know we need motivation, we need encouragement. That stuff's all it, it's good stuff. But on, on the same token, 
it, if, if we're not careful, it becomes a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, you know, someone's posting, follow your dreams and someone else is posting, don't follow your dreams. And it's like, right. it's like, none of this even means anything. Like you have no customers, <laughs> like friggin' get out there and meet, you know, it's like, it's just, sometimes we just get so lost in this it's, stuff. I don't it's know. Like the, it's like the Corona stuff. I don't drink or make it worse or drink. It'll make it better. It's like yeah. it's the same thing. It's always a flip I'm side. a firm believer that drinking makes it better. I don't know. About <laughs> you guys, but... <laughs> yeah. So, so Blake, you did touch on something. Um, when you were start, you talked about, um, somebody like getting really lost in the weeds with their website, for example. And I think this is another huge like trap that new entrepreneurs have, because again, it's really tied to this fear of rejection. So it's like, okay, I've got this great business idea. I've got a really solid business model. I've done all the planning. I've done the right things but now i'm ready to like present my idea to the world and start making money but like it's got to be perfect like i gotta have the perfect logo and the perfect website and everything's got to be perfect and until i can do that i don't want to get out there because i don't want to get embarrassed and so what you're really kind of touching on is that like the lean startup kind of ideology of like exactly this, this minimum viable product so not only with your website but maybe all of your collateral as a business or even even with your offer you might just be offering like one core service Maybe in the back of your mind, you want to build out to all these other things. But for now, this is how you know you can make money and like you're going to focus on this thing. So I guess the question to you is then, is that really a big recommended strategy to entrepreneurs? And how, from your experience, do they straddle that line between a minimum viable website, for example, or a minimum viable marketing strategy, for example, and putting out something that like really does look incomplete or sloppy, you know, where's that balance? Yeah. And I love that you recommend, you mentioned the lean startup. I mean, it's one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, one of, I feel like everyone has like a few things that kind of define their approach to business. For me, going lean is one of my deals. And so in my client appointments, when I'm talking to people, it's not uncommon for me to say, okay, if you're going to go lean here, here's what this needs to look like. Yeah. And it's just because as business owners, I mean, we, we have such limited time. We have to be strategic with how we spend that time. And we love to on LinkedIn, on whatever, to, to throw that word strategy around to mm-hmm. make ourselves sound really um, business savvy when ultimately being strategic means you're forcing yourself to make hard choices. Mm-hmm. And so even though I need a website, it's better for me to actually get out and develop some local business than it is for me to spend hours on the website. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is challenging. I think it's hard because often, you know, again, this whole process of getting customer feedback, you're, you're having to, to really hone in on what people think of you in an in a in a in a social economy where people aren't naturally inclined to actually tell you what they think about you Mm -hmm. and so you go to a person who you say hey what do you think about this product would you want to be would you want to buy it and they say oh well no it's just not the right time oh i love it though it's awesome and so you walk away thinking okay people love that yeah this person just couldn't afford it right now Mm -hmm. when really that other person's thinking that is so stupid i would never buy that i mean they're talking to their spouse being like get a load of this person who tried can you believe that they wanted me to pay this much money yeah. and it's, it's because even even with strangers a lot of times we aren't very candid and direct with people which is why as owners we have to be really good at seeking that direct feedback yeah i mean i had a guy who told me he said uh i was trying to sell him on a uh, coaching agreement and he he gave me some whatever some cliche objection well i don't know about that and i directly said hey usually when people tell me 
I think it was something about price. And I said, usually when people tell me it's about price, it's usually not about price. Mm -hmm. It's actually because you don't see the value in it. Right. Is that true? Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It was kind of like, ow, that, that kind of hurts. But, but like how valuable it is for me now as a salesperson to realize, okay, it's, it's really not price. I did a bad job of demonstrating the value and the outcomes that this person would want to achieve in working with me. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I'll be long-winded if I don't, if I'm not paying attention. No, 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 man. To, no it's know. good stuff. No, but what, it's kind of what you were just talking about when you client. sometimes they don't see it unless you walk them through it. Right. Mm -hmm. I call it, I called it lumberjacking with uh, one of my uh, LinkedIn connections, Deb Caviello. We were talking, thinking about ideas and ideas or like different perspectives. She'd never think of until she talked to someone because we actually like took the lumber out of the woods, right? Lumberjacked it right out. So that's kind of what you have to do with a lot of these, uh, your clients are so good. You have to let them see the forest through the trees because they just right. because they're so close to it, they can't see it. That's I think one of the major problems. You know? And and that right there, I mean, for someone to realize their biggest blind spot is themselves and the business. Like it's someone who you tell them an idea is not going to work, and you're not being mean about it. You're not trying to. I mean, far be it from me. Prove me wrong for sure. But you tell someone that, that that an idea doesn't work, and it's so close to them and so personal to right. them. Right. Because there's so much, it's, it's not just the product. Yeah. It's not just the product. It's, it's my identity. Life I mean, I, I spend a lot of time on the entrepreneurship subreddit, just giving free advice to people. And it's amazing how many people are talking about, man, I can't go back to my nine to five. What will that say about me? What will that mm -hmm. mean about me? And so there's so much identity wrapped into this idea of, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. How sexy yeah. is that? Yep. Mm -hmm. That we, we aren't willing to really take honest feedback, whether that's from a customer, whether that's from a friend, you know, it's, it's, you just don't get it. You just don't understand it. And it, it really keeps us from actually getting the customers. It, it keeps us from getting actually to that point we want to get just because we're not willing to take that honest feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's a really hard skill to learn in any kind of facet of your life. Right. So it's not just entrepreneurship. I think this is where the entrepreneurship bleeds into like, it's actually just part of who you are as a person. Like nobody wants to hear like, Hey, this <laughs> right. idea sucks. Or right. like, hey, you have a really bad habit of talking over people all the time. That's freaking annoying. Like nobody wants to hear that and then right. have to like take that in and like internalize it and then like change something. But again, it's, it's this quality that it, I don't think people are necessarily like they don't necessarily have it or don't have it. But I do think it's something that people need to be mindful of and cultivate an awareness of, of like, all right, well, if I'm going to improve, then improvement is based off of feedback. So like, what am I going to do when I get that feedback? Am I just going to like be pig headed and keep marching on towards like over this cliff? Or am I going to kind of like, Ugh, that hurts. But like, what is this? What is this experience telling me right now? You know, as I go through it? Well, I mean, think, think of it this way. Two things, two quick things I'll say. One, we live in a culture that rewards you for being in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. If people disagree with you, go find people who agree with you and where you, mm -hmm. you never feel challenged. The second thing is we live in a professional world where you would think that your boss, supervisor, whoever would be giving you candid feedback to help you grow. Instead, what typically happens is you have an annual review, which is a waste of time. You have an annual review where someone says, yep, good job. You got four stars across the board. Work on this, this, and this. Okay, we'll see you next year. And there's no real actual dialogue happening. And so nope. people, people aren't developing a habit of eating the fish and spitting out the bones, uh -huh. of like actually taking feedback because there's nowhere in our culture where we promote that and reward that. Yeah. yeah.
I completely agree. I, I mean, coming from corporate America, and I was freelancing, I went back to corporate America. Uh, but it's the whole thing of that I need to be in lockstep and barrel with you. How am I supposed to improve or see where I'm going wrong if you tell me on an annual basis? Yes. That doesn't help anybody. Doesn't help me. Doesn't help you. Doesn't help the business. Because it just, and then you're looking at them like, well, you didn't do well in your review. And I'm like, as a manager and a leader, how did you provide me any guidance? Yeah. Because yeah. you're supposed to invest in me. You know? I love that. And whenever I hear a story like that, I want to say, hey, that's, that is your fault as a manager. Right. And right. that's, another, that's another piece of my business is I, ha I work with these entrepreneurs, but also work, I still work with some larger businesses okay. directly on like leadership and management right. and helping a manager understand, hey, your job isn't to facilitate the annual review and expose things. Your job is to actually, and these aren't very sexy words, but to nurture somebody, to develop yes. somebody. You know, uh -huh. if somebody is a total, pardon me, jackass in the office and you haven't said anything and it's been six months, right. that's right. on you. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's only 10% of people are actually self-aware. And so you, mm -hmm. can't, you can't statistically put it on the person to, for it to click. Because again, how they act as a person is just, it's their personality. It's who they've been their entire lives. It's up to you to give them the direct feedback and say, hey, this isn't working. And you know what? Frankly, people don't like you when you act this way. You know, this mm -hmm. is what I need from you if you're going to be successful here. We, we don't always have that conversation. And instead, what we do is, oh, hey, annual review. By the way, here's a couple of comments from six months ago. Um, you get a 1% pay raise, you know, yada, yada. It's, it's very yeah. important. I know we kind of shifted corporate a little bit, but it's very important to be present, right? Like if you're, if you're a manager or you're a VP or, and you have a team, but you also have your C-level things you have to deal with. And if you're doing that 95% of the time and giving your team 5% of your time, you're failing everyone on that team, mm -hmm. everybody. And I, I was just there. I, I had that situation <laughs> not too long ago. And that, that's the thing. And then what happens is that the morale, you kill the morale of your team. All these people beating themselves up because they're like, what did I do wrong? Because you, you don't know what you did wrong. But you right. found out you, didn't, you only got a 1% raise. 1%. I was like, wow. Uh, Mass will not give me any because it would have been less insulting than one. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But how do I get better? Because I'm always the one that always like, where did I, where, you know, that's my wife too. Uh, where did I screw up? How can I get better? What, can, what kind of plan can we put together? Because I'm, I'm very, I'm a very prideful person. I, you know, I'm a blue collar guy and a white collar job. That's how I, I get started. My dad was a construction worker. It's like, you put in your effort, you get rewarded by getting paid. And they gave you the opportunity. You should respect that, right? But the flip side, this person's giving you the respect because you gave the opportunity, but respect them because they're there to do the job. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and that's lost. My question too, to you then, Blake, is like, how does an entrepreneur construct feedback loops inside of their life like because you know entrepreneurship is a very solo lonely kind of path sometimes and so what advice do you have for people who are feeling first of all like especially super isolated now because of what's going on but like how can somebody start to construct smaller feedback loops in their life for their ideas yeah i mean i think you have to surround yourself with truth tellers first of all i mean it's people who they literally they care less about making you feel good they want to actually give you honest, direct feedback. And so that right. could be other entrepreneurs. Uh, that could be someone personal in your life. For me, my wife is an amazing truth teller. I mean, she does a great job of being like, man, I just don't know if that's going to work. Mm -hmm. um, in my area, and, and this is kind of for people who are feeling especially lonely, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more introverted, but I, I have had to get out there and meet people and connect with people. And, you know, in my area, we didn't have a lot of support for entrepreneurs and small mm -hmm. business owners that weren't behind a paywall. You know, yeah. we had BNI, mm -hmm. we had all these other things. 
But every time I was going to these networking events to actually like meet people and like have these connections, because I wanted to create a circle of people where I could say, hey, what do y'all think about this product? And for someone to say it's a great idea or it's a really dumb idea, I felt like when I was trying to meet people at these networking events, I was just getting showered with business cards yeah. and like, bye, 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 bye. And I was like, man, networking events really suck. They just and, suck. and so, but what I did though, is I decided, you know what, I'm going to start my own networking event and it's going right. to be a no selling networking event where we're going to have honest dialogue about running a business. And I threw it together on a whim. I didn't advertise it. I just made it. Uh, this would have been maybe 18 months ago. That group is 400 people strong now. For you. And I, right. I have people who show up every week. I mean, and, and it's not like bravo me. It's just I knew what I needed. I needed that. I needed those feedback channels. So I made what I didn't have. Yes. And, and maybe we were missing in our area. And that's, that's something that, you know, if, if for any business owner out there, if you can just take a step and try to create these feedback channels, and sometimes even from a sales conversation, you don't need to go start your own, you know, private group it's adding on to the sales conversation when someone didn't buy directly asking them hey yep. why didn't you buy this you know right. i, I want to know i'm trying to make my business better and, and giving them an opportunity to share and sometimes they will sometimes they won't because they won't feel comfortable but you're at least taking the steps to get that feedback rather than just being you know delusional or oh it just wasn't the right time oh they needed yep. to talk to their spouse you know whatever other cliches well, I, you hear I, I read a book uh, growth hacking i don't know if you read that book uh talking about you should be getting feedback during the process of your product your products and solutions together and social media like if, if you ever saw the movie Mad Men or know about the you know the advertising industry back in the 50s and 60s they used to get a group of people in a room put the products on the table and get their feedback now you have the biggest focus group at your disposal use it yeah. you know like if people are telling you on and on again that you know your product sucks for x y and z you better try to be fixing x y and z because they're telling you i mean yeah. i don't know what else you need but real-time feedback so it's like a gift yeah yeah and, you know, or negative. And, and maybe that's an insight in and of itself in that you're you actually always are getting feedback if you know how to look for it you know it's like right. a person i remember i talked to a guy he was getting like 1500 website visits a month and he was, he, he literally was not getting any purchases whatsoever. And so helping him understand, Hey, there's, there's some, you're getting feedback, even though it's not direct for you to be able to read between the lines and see, you know, of those 1500 people a month, how long are they spending on the website? Are they bouncing immediately? Are they going to a certain product page and then bouncing once they see the price? Like what is actually happening to inform your next steps? We, we are getting that feedback. It's just, sometimes it takes a little bit of work to actually see it. Uh, so right. how do we can apply it? Yeah. yeah, that's great, man. Thank you so much for uh, for hopping on today and and chatting with Joe and I. I I actually skipped over, so I have two questions for you. We we usually open up our podcast oh, with this it. question, <laughs> and I missed it because I was so just jazzed to talk to you. So, <laughs> what have you learned this week? Um, man, I'm trying not, to, you know, we're in the middle of Corona, so I'm trying not to sound like super cynical because um, <laughs> I'm trying to help a lot of my clients with like getting these loans out. Yeah, yeah. And oh, a, lot okay. of them are, a lot of them are so small that they're getting passed over for bigger businesses. Yep. And it's, it's just super frustrating. So I, I won't go that route. Um, I actually learned that. So I have a newborn and she is five weeks and I'm learning. It's, it's just, wow, I don't know Jared exactly what I'm learning. It's just Can I ask you a question. Were you in the when you in the room when it happened? Were you able? To yeah. Oh, yeah. you were good. Uh huh. Because I well, know um, around in most places. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was actually right at the start of this whole business, okay, okay. and so I, we, I was very lucky. 
But um, it's just been cool to see like how the human body develops and changes. Like she started <laughs> smiling. She literally yeah. just started smiling like two days ago. And so like, it's just, this, it's the weirdest, mm. most surreal, you know, it's, it's awesome, just, it? I can't even like wrap my head around it. But like, I feel like I'm on this journey of like, right. I'm literally seeing a human being like, the lights click on, I guess. I don't know. Evolution it's... is smart that way. Just when you're about to lose your mind, they start smiling. There's yeah. a survival thing, I know. You know. I hit my breaking point. <laughs> yeah, I bail on Ashley and because I was like, I cannot do another day of this. And so yeah. I think you're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Joe, what did you learn this week, buddy? What did I learn? Well, I think I learned from our last podcast with uh, Matt Gagnon about, you know. Gagne. Gagnon. God, Ganyan. 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 God Ganyan. Oh, <laughs> we call him. We call him Logan because he looks like Wolverine now. Um, but anyway, no, it's the whole thing about like just respecting your feelings about, you know, what you're going through. So, uh, just to fill you in, Blake, we kind of talked about, um, I actually got furloughed from my job that I just started and, you know, stuff happens. Uh, I still have a job when I get back, everything goes well, so it's not the worst. I, and I'm like, no, other people have it worse than me. One of my friends said to me, she's like, don't discredit that what you're going through still bothers you. Mm -hmm. Even though... Because you don't know, and Matt said this, Ganyan said this, you know, you don't know what their worst is. I mean, you mm -hmm. think you do, but you really don't, right? So right. it's one of those things I learned is that just, uh, you know, feel, especially during this time, feel the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, because it's not really, it's a stressful situation. Now we're teachers now, and now we're supposed to be working, and, you know, and then every, and then regular, you know, your regular roles too. It's, it's insane. And there's something kind of powerful about thinking about that idea of like owning your feelings because like in your body, like if we break it down to like your body's like physical and chemical response to stress in right. your body, your problem can still feel exactly the oh, same as somebody oh, else's right. worst, you oh, know, exactly. like it can still manifest in the same way. And that's, that can be really draining and tiring for somebody. But uh, yeah, Absolutely. for me, I think that I have learned this week that, um, quarantine is is going pretty good for me and my husband like we've definitely um we got to the point where we were tired of bickering about dumb stuff and yeah. so now yeah. we're like we're really Same kind here. of forcing ourselves to communicate with each other which i don't think would happen if we were in like normal day-to-day -day life and so i guess that's like silver lining good. right that's good you know yeah. i love that so the last question, which we usually end the episodes with, is what are you geeking out on right now? It could be literally anything in the world, books, podcasts, you know, whatever, Dungeons and Dragons. What, what's your thing? Well, I, I got to say, I do love D&D and Critical Role. It's an awesome TV show that everyone needs to watch. It's a bunch of nerds who play D&D, but they're all voice actors and they do just incredible job. Where That's do you find this on? Uh, YouTube is a great okay. place. She's got a critical role. Um, I don't know if this counts as geeking out, but cause I'm about to say Netflix, but mm -hmm. my wife and I, um, we love this show called community and mm. I watched it like years ago, but she's never seen it before. And it has like, you know, we talk about like indie cult following. Mm -hmm. I would definitely be one of those people. I mean, like it's the episodes, like a certain part's about to happen. And I'm that annoying person who's like oh, laughing already. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so, um, but it's cool. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I married you because she's like laughing too. If she wasn't <laughs> yeah. laughing, I'd be like, Oh man. I made a <laughs> so uh, I, I, that's probably a cop out answer for, you know, talking oh, about Netflix, fine. but we, we are just totally jazzed about community right now. That's cool, man. I wouldn't say, I mean, it's called, it's geeking out, but I, I'm starting, you know, again, Netflix, I'm watching Waco about, you know, oh, Waco, I just watched Texas. That. Um, and uh, Taylor, I think Kirsten is, Kirsten or something like that is his first name. He kind of is not the greatest actor, but he's actually doing a really good <laughs> job in this. Uh, he was in um, 
uh, oh god it was like a science fiction john something i can't remember it was just a terrible terrible movie but um it, it's i'm really big into history and so forth and just seeing it and just i've watched i think there's four episodes i think i'm in the third one right now and just to see how much of a total screw job screw up job that was by the <laughs> atf and the fbi wow it just yeah uh, no i was actually watching that and i was six when that happened so i like knew, okay hearing a rage I, like, thing again. knew about it but i didn't know like yeah. really what happened so i started watching it and then i started like actually googling how it really went down uh, and i was like man I, I don't think i could keep watching this tonight like now that i know what's gonna happen like you know i i had to so i got like two episodes in and then before the shit hit the fan i had to tune out no but it, yeah that you know it sounds like so I was like, oh, uplifting, Joe. You're watching some uplifting uh, content. Like, as <laughs> soon as this pandemic hit, I don't know if you know on Netflix, they had a documentary called Pandemic that literally yeah, came out within yeah. a week of when this happened. Yeah. And of course, I watched, I, I opened my night watching, uh, you know, films on the Holocaust. And then I went yeah. to the pandemic. I'm like, wow, let's just, just jump off a building. Filling you know, your brain just, with positive things. Uh, yeah, yeah I got out of that pretty person. quick. It's kind of like what people, why people watch hoarders because then they're like, wow, my house looks so clean compared to this. You know? <laughs> so what are you peeking out on, Ashley? Clothes or um, I'm not, I don't, I'm not really uh, into anything right now, to be honest with you guys. I mean, like I've, I'm kind of dipping around. I'm like trying to look for a show that I want to watch. But, but to be quite honest, I'm really, I've been geeking out on my business this week. I've been like doing a lot of nice, thinking yeah. about how I, I, I'm pivoting. Again, I'm pivoting from offering website content to offering social media content. And so just a lot of thinking around how I want that to look. So I don't so know. So Blake, basically like uh, Ashley and I got, you know, life happened, got busy over the like uh, holidays a little bit, uh, first part of uh, 2020. And then she comes back and she's, I'm like, oh, so you basically built an agency since we spoke. So, you know, whatever. I mean, she has nothing going on. She has yeah, nothing right. going on at all. But, sure. but uh, I appreciate you joining us. Why don't you plug your socials and your websites and all that fun stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I best way to find me or talk to me is on LinkedIn. Um, I am definitely all hail LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. It's been great for my business. Great place to meet people. Oh, so you can find me at Blake Bins, B-I-N-N-S. You can always go to the website. We just rolled out a brand new website, goodadvicecoaching.com. I actually paid a professional rather than um, trying to manage it myself. That's and good. How about that? It actually looks a lot better than how I had it. So right. I guess I need to stay to what stick to what I'm good at. WordPress too. Um, nice. I mentioned I have a, or Ashley mentioned I have a podcast. It's called the Good Advice Podcast. Over 100 episodes. Check that out too. And then lastly, if you want good advice for your business, I send out a newsletter every Monday morning. Uh, would be happy to get people on there. Just go to the website to, to enroll and sign up. Awesome. Thanks so much, Blake. You uh, you take care of that wonderful new baby of yours. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having stay me. Stay safe, everybody. All right. See ya. All right. Cheers. Bye.